This episode of the Queen's Memory Podcast has been produced in English. If you'd like to listen in Urdu, you can find that version in our podcast feed. ये क्वींस मेमोरी पॉडकास्ट का प्रोग्राम अंग्रेजी में भी प्रोड्यूस हो चुका है अगर आप उर्दू में सुनना चाहते हैं तो आप इस वर्जन को हमारी पॉडकास्ट फीड में भी तलाश कर सकते हैं यूर लिसनिंग टू सीजन थ्री ऑफ द क्वींस मेमोरी पॉडकास्ट माई नेम इज जेफेन एंड आई एम द क्वींस मेमोरी क्यूरेटर इन दिस सीजन आर मेजर माइनर वॉइसिस We feature stories from our neighbors of Asian descent in Queens, New York. Too often, these voices are deemed minor, as in of a minority. But in our borough, these voices are a major force. One in four borough residents identifies as Asian American. The stories they tell reflect their ongoing struggles and triumphs. There are our stories. a vital part of who we are and together they represent a snapshot of our ever changing neighborhoods as they are now this is Heidi Shin I am Stella Gu I'm Melody Tao My name is Saima Mohammed I am in Flushing and this is where our story begins Urdu is the sixth most widely spoken Asian language in the borough and the majority of speakers come from India and Pakistan People commonly refer to Urdu as a sweet language because it is music to the ears. In Pakistan, Urdu is the country's national language. The first wave of immigration from the area now known as Pakistan began in the 19th century. Since then, there have been two major waves. The first in the mid-1960s following the passage of the US Immigration and Naturalization Act and the second in the 1990s after the US diversity program was established in this episode our producer Simon Mohammed brings us the perspectives of two urdu speakers who moved to queens sabir ali and alia askari sabir was one of a number of Pakistanis who immigrated here thanks to the US diversity program. He came with his wife and infant son from the town of Chakjumra near Faisalabad in 1998 looking for better economic prospects. He invited me to his home in Flushing to reflect on his journey and explain how moving here widened his horizons in unexpected ways. You can hear his fish tank in the background. Let's revisit the day that Sabir's life took a surprise turn. one day i came back from the job and i i had like a little uh, pharmacy because in pakistan we can do little things you know and uh, when i see the table there was a paper on a table then i see the letter that you got a lottery visa and if you are like uh, uh, send them some forms then uh, you gonna be a lucky person my english was poor that time and i asked one of my friend so he said this look like a fake and then i show this one to my cousin so he said no if they didn't asking you the money then it's not a fake they just need information i never figured out like i can go somewhere but uh, when i got the second letter from them then i realized yes there is a chance to go somewhere you know uh, first time i died the plane 
I never, I never even drive a car you know, in Pakistan. When Sabah arrived in the US in 1998, he wanted to continue to work as a medical assistant. However, he was told he would have to return to school, something he was reluctant to do until he improved his English. So he took a job at a grocery store in Flushing on 57th Street. He was not paid enough to make ends meet, so he spent his spare time studying to get a yellow cab license. His new job taught him a lot about people. Uh, I was on Times Square, the busiest area. I was on 4050 and uh, Broadway on 7th Avenue. Uh, one customer came to me on the traffic side and the lady was around, looked like Spanish, 45 to 50. She just knocked my front window. She was showing that she is in a hurry. And she said, I want to go Grand Center. Uh, how much, how much? And I said, maybe four or five dollars that time, you know. And uh, uh, at the same time, I'm telling you that in this story, and maybe talking take more time, like in maybe 30 seconds, she opened the door, she tried to take my hand on his chest. She said, today's my birthday. I said, what are you talking about, the birthday? And you know, at the same time, she tried to uh, hand put hair in the front. She said bad word to me and says, you, f I mean, like from India or something like And she opened the door and she, and she, like, I was like shocked totally. When I see the mirror, she was running. I said, why is she running? Because I, you know, didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. Why is she running? When I check my pocket, there's no money in my pocket. No money in my pocket. Like four, five hundred dollars, I remember that time I had. And you know, it's not like even one percent. I feel that somebody take a hand in my pocket. She was so like experienced. And I can't do anything because in Times Square, you cannot park, you cannot go anywhere, you cannot call even police. There's a both sides, you have to look both people, you know, good and bad people. Sometimes people don't pay us, they just open the door and run away. So many times happen. And somewhere, the good people too. <clears throat> Pick up one customer, the old lady. She said, I forget the wallet. So I said, okay, don't worry, I forget. So no, 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 please, uh, what's your name? I She read my name, she said, Ali. Uh, please give me your uh, address or your number. I said, no, no, don't worry. She said, no, 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 please. I gave, uh, gave her, you know, and uh, she texted me to send me your address. I sent it and she sent me the check. Uh, she sent me check around, uh, I don't know, $100 or something. The fare was nothing, you know, like $10, $15. But she sent the good check. I put it in my pocket, I forgot the deposit. But honestly, I'm telling you, there is so many nice people. And she called me after three or four months. She said, Ali, uh, you didn't deposit your check. Really, I'm telling you the truth. I said, oh, I uh, don't worry. She said, no, no, tell me what happened. I said, I forgot, I lost, I may be somewhere. So she said, okay, I will send you another one. Really, she sent me another one. Saber believes there are many beautiful hearted people living here. While sharing a story about a kind Chinese barber, I noticed that Saber paints a much more vivid description in Urdu. When you talk in English, you always try to uh, uh, explain. There is so many stuff you can uh, missing maybe. But when you talk in Urdu, 
then there is no missing whatever in in your language you deliver you are original because your mother tongue you know in mother tongue automatically whatever you saying your happiness your sadness is goes with that but in english you can't one thing that doesn't get lost in translation is his passion for cricket and serving others he plays regularly for a cricket league in queens his love of cricket first started almost 40 years ago as a child and first time when i go visit my grandma in a village one guy was cleaning the cup and i asked him where you get this cup from so he said my brother is the one this when i come back to my city so i decide going to be play cricket and won the cup so then we uh, decide to collect the eight pakistani rupee and that is like my first tournament i won first cup in my history i am 51 years old now and i am still playing cricket and that's almost uh, 40 years to playing cricket and i still playing cricket in a different league pak america but i play for the master league too the master league is over 50 Uh, yeah there is so many players here in queens from different uh, countries that is mostly from uh, uh, guyana jamaica west indies i can say that 90% my friends from cricket acts of service also don't get lost in translation saber volunteers weekly at a food pantry in flushing because he believes in the importance of serving others I feel so good when I do volunteer work and every Wednesday we uh, food free food to the people in Flushing food pantry so almost 200 families you know they come so life is not for yourself life is actually for the others you know you have to understand about the life uh, if you are just for yourself that's selfish so you have to do something for the others you know anything whatever you can otherwise it's a meaningless i think When I asked Saber whether he has any regrets about moving to the US, he says he has none. Before I got a lottery visa, I think I am a lucky person. But that time my personality was different. I was thinking as a money-wise because I figured out that here is a job and there is in Pakistan we don't have a job opportunity that time. living here i figure out no no this not lucky i am a lucky but not only that way i am a lucky because i figure out so much stuff in a life met so many nice people in a different uh, countries i was living in pakistan so i cannot find that people i just living around the same mentality people in my area so i cannot be like open my mind you want be a successful in a this way not in the money way while some people come to the US through choice and luck others come because they have nowhere else to go elia askari is one of them a few years ago elia was living a fulfilling life in the vibrant and diverse city of karachi where she and muslims like her make up almost 15% of the population she was working and raising a family in a joint household she had a comfortable upper middle class life in a large home with several maids one day she says her life came under threat the computer engineer was not hurt but she believes the incident was a message for her and her in-laws to stop hosting traditional religious gatherings known as majlises 
Consequently, she and her family left Pakistan and arrived in the US on January the 18th, 2017, where they filed for asylum. Alia came to my home to share what it's like to leave behind a life you love for an unknown one. When we came to US, like we don't have any family here, not a single family member. So for the past five years, we are just celebrating our birthdays, our anniversaries, Eids, Muharram, everything, like just five of us. So that's really hard. When you are at risk, I think you can handle that. But when you know that uh, your family is at risk, that's the point that you have to decide. Nobody knew in even in our household that we were moving. So only my father-in-law and my mother-in-law knew that. My children didn't knew, and I, till now, I really haven't told them what had happened. Uh, what we told them that we, your father has got a job in U.S., so that's why we are moving. The eldest ones knows a little bit about what happened, but both the younger ones don't know, and I don't want to tell them what happened because I don't want to tarnish the image of my country. I still love it. <laughs> so, yes, so it was really hard for us. As a family of five, we came here with just six pieces of luggage, that's 22 kgs per luggage. Just have our only the essential things that we could pack. Like everything is still back in Pakistan, all our memories. We didn't have like even one photo album of us when we came here. Despite the circumstances in which they arrived, their transition was smoother than expected. They had previously visited a few different places in Queens and had liked fresh meadows. Has so much greenery, cleanness, uh, parks, everything. So it's like you are living in New York, you are accessing New York, but you're still away from all those high rises and hustle and bustle of New York. The halal store that we have is five minutes walk and we have five halal restaurants on the same belt. My husband is a big foodie, so he was like, okay, that's a plus point. A family friend introduced him to a broker who showed them the apartment that was to become their home. It was on the third floor and like he just said, if you like it, you have an hour to decide. <laughs> that broker was kind enough to just on that uncle's guarantee and on cash, he just gave us the apartment. We landed in on 18th of January and we moved to our apartment, um, I think, 22nd February. In a series of serendipitous events, Elia's husband's aunt had retired from work left for Pakistan and put all of her belongings into storage. She left things like for herself because she was just going there for six months. And when she went there, her husband unfortunately got cancer diagnosed. So that's why she didn't came back. We had her TV, we had her AC, basic necessities of the house we had through her. We are short on money. So Alhamdulillah, all those things <laughs> were taken care of. Elia reflects on what she and her family have gained from their move. I would say what I have gained, it's independence. Like, you're not dependent on people over here. You know you have to do things. It was funny when my kids came 
to New York for the first time and said, we have to walk. I said, no, we cannot walk. Where's the car? So we don't have the car anymore. So you have to walk. So after like living here for six months, we went to Dallas and uh, my daughter was like let's walk we went to my friend's place and she said to her Aisha Khala let's walk I said no we don't walk <laughs> so, so now they know that if they have to go anywhere they have to walk so that's good for their health it has also made the children more responsible because in Pakistan uh, we were a part of like uh, upper middle class family we had big home we had like four or five maids in the house one dedicated maid for the kids for cleaning there was another one so we had like there was a driver there was a gardener so we have like a lot of lot of <laughs> house helps around <laughs> but after coming here see either me my husband or the kids so I cannot do everything <laughs> I made it clear to them and my eldest one is also working so now he knows the value of money. In Pakistan, kids at this age, like 17, 18, they don't work. So they are not that financially independent. They don't know how to manage their finances. But here he has his own account now. He knows like, okay, what I have to buy, what I cannot buy. <laughs> like I have to do things. So, And I also ask him, like, you have to have some kind of contribution to the house, just a little. The family face the challenges here head-on with immense faith. However, Ilya still misses her family. The thing that I miss is uh, the company that I had, uh, the relationship that I had with my cousins and extended family. Like, we were really, really close. Like, I miss our gatherings on Eid. Karachi is known for its Muharram. We go for majlis for two and a half whole month. Everybody is going into other people's house. Majlises are religious gatherings. People here are really nice. Still, I feel uh, there is a lack of same wavelength of our minds. I would say like it's really difficult to find good friends here. Most people that I met here are born and bought in US, so the jokes that we share are different. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm in on my office too, if, if there are some kind of joke, I said, I just sit around and I listen. I said, like, what's so funny about it? <laughs> and even though my kids, like, they are, like, used to this uh, whole U.S. culture, so they come and show me something. I said, oh, there's nothing to laugh over. There's no, nothing funny about it. They say, Mom, you don't get it. For the Queen's Memory Podcast, I'm Saima Mohammed. Join us next time for more stories from our Queen's neighbors. The Queen's Memory Podcast is a production of the Queen's Memory Project. For full transcripts, show notes from this episode, and past seasons, visit queensmemory.org forward slash podcast. This episode was produced by Saima Mohammed in conjunction with Melody Tao, Anna Williams, and Natalie Melbrot. Mixing and editing by Corey Choi with music composed by Elias Raven. Special thanks to Elia Askari and Sabir Ali. This podcast has been made possible in part by the National Endowment for the Humanities, Democracy Demands Wisdom, 
The views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this episode are those of its creators and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of National Endowment for the Humanities, Queens Public Library, the City University of New York, or their employees. I'm Jie Fei Yuan. Listen with us next time on Queen's Memory.